going to read a couple of verses from Acts chapter 2. You don't need me to say a lot more, do you? You've heard a good news about Jesus. You see that it's not, it's hard for people to lay down their pride and to follow Jesus. But it's easy enough for a young man to be able to follow Jesus. It's the laying down of our pride and the acknowledging of our sin and our need, which is the tough thing for most of us. On the day of Pentecost, most of you know the story, so I'm not going to go into it. The Holy Spirit has been poured out on the disciples after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He's been appearing to them for 40 days. Sort of, they know that he was crucified for their sins and raised from the dead. They've seen him. They've seen him ascend into heaven. It's non-negotiable. They just know. And he's told them to wait in Jerusalem until the promise of the Father should be theirs. And then on the day of Pentecost, there's this extraordinary event when they're all filled with God the Holy Spirit. And then they go out, as you know, and they begin to preach Jesus in some quite astonishing ways. Unlearned fishermen and people begin to speak in the tongues of the, of the Arameans and the people from Cyrene and places like that. Unlearned languages, as far as they were concerned. But by the power of the Spirit, speaking the great things of God to a huge crowd that gathered at the sound of a roaring wind. Having spoken to them about Jesus being crucified and that they had rejected the one they'd been waiting for for years, the saviour that God had been promising them since Moses, that they had rejected him and through the hands of wicked men they had had him crucified, the people began to cry out, it's too late, it's too late, we're lost, we're lost, what on earth can we do about it? And then Peter says, repent and be baptised, it's not too late. That's the point, it's not too late. It feels too late. Of course it feels too late because you screamed, crucify him, crucify him. And some of you dragged yourself up there and and, and laughed at him when he was dying. Of course it seems too late. But it's not too late. Because repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit because this promise of the Holy Spirit transforming you and making you new is for you and for your children and for all who are far off for all whom the Lord our God will call and earlier on in the chapter he says for everyone who calls upon the Lord so a young man is being baptized and the thought is at such a young age he's now committed himself for the next 60, 70 80 years. What a hard struggle this is going to be for this young man. Keeping up with God. He's got to satisfy God all those years. Um, I speak to Muslim kids at school and they don't know, if I understand them correctly, they don't know till the day they die whether they've finally made it because they've got an angel on one shoulder and an angel on the other and one angel's writing down the bad stuff they do and the other angel's writing down the good stuff they do and which is the longest list at the end of the day what's it going to be for Jonathan he's been baptized so early but that's to forget 
the God we worship. Because the God we worship has already paid the price for our sins. Forgiveness is already on offer because it has already been purchased. It's in God's shop window. That's what the gospel is. God's shop window says the price for sins has been paid. It has been paid by another, a perfect other, a saviour, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. You come in here and you give yourself to him. And even though, as Jonathan said, you may slip and you may fall, that forgiveness is already purchased. You don't have to live the rest of your life trying to get God to approve of you. Because the forgiveness is purchased. Receive it. That is, I believe, unlike any other religion in the world. Because there is no other God that men worship who has sacrificed himself for the sake of those who are to be his followers. Who has sacrificed himself before they have even decided to follow him. Has sacrificed himself in order to say, look, this is how much I love you. You don't have to prove yourself. You know you've failed. I know you've failed. But you are welcome. The failure's dealt with. Do you know, I had a profound experience in my life, perhaps 15, 20 years ago, when I was backsliding as a Christian. And I went up to one of these meetings where the Holy Spirit was, and I came home. And it was as I sat down on my own and feeling deeply aware of my sin so I've been a Christian and a minister for a number of years feeling deeply aware of my sin and uh, you can mock this if you like if you feel inclined it's just my experience it was as though God said stand up before me and I stood up with the sense of my sin still hanging over me and I kind of bowed in this presence and then it was as though Jesus stood between me and the father an advocate and he's and the words which I heard in my heart were father I have taken the responsibility for this man's sin and his nature that's what Jesus has done for you on the cross by coming to die he has taken responsibility for your sin and your nature. And we have to keep on being remembered, like reminded like I did. But that's what he's done before we believed. So Jonathan doesn't now have to live the rest of his life trying to get God's approval. He has it. This said, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Let's think about this being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ or as it's written in Matthew, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. This is an evidence of acceptance. God says when you are baptized, you may, have, you may enter into my name. I identify with you so completely Father, Son, Holy Spirit. You have to know that because of the death of Jesus, because of this 
Therefore, you're welcome. God welcomes us. That God pardons us. That God is reconciled with us. He's not going to break the pact. We may do it by our actions and our words and our indifference at times. But he's a covenant-keeping God and he's welcomed us into a new covenant which has been ratified in the blood of Jesus. He's not going to break that pact. We are welcomed. We are forgiven. We are accepted. We are children of the living God. That's awesome, isn't it? And the third thing, and I will finish with this, you see a young lad being baptized, and you say, he's so young, there's so much still to learn. How would he carry this off? Well, it's to you and to your children and to all who are afar off. The promise of the Father is that when we trust in him and follow him in this way, he's going to give us his Holy Spirit. Now, Holy Spirit is not a thing, it's not a force, it's not an idea. We have one God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. In Matthew, when it says baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, it's not baptize them in the names. This is not a plural thing. What Matthew says, in toonoma, the one name, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, God in heaven welcomes us. God, our advocate in Jesus Christ, says, I'm sticking with you. God present with us through the Holy Spirit. Almighty God, all of me is all for you, is as good as he's saying. In the water, all of me is all for you, God. And he says, and you're baptized into the name of the Father, the Son, of the Holy Spirit. Almighty God, whom we can't be in to understand in his greatness and glory says and all for you I will be with you I will give you gifts that you need I will give you strength to restore you when you're worn out I will be your advocate when the world seems to be against you I will be your strengthener comforter means strengthener I will give you guidance when you don't know how to go. I will remind you of what your Saviour has said when you're feeling muzzy and fuzzed and phased by the world. I will be with you and I will give you gifts when you're out of your depth. Gifts of discernment, gifts of love, maybe gifts of healing, who knows. Maybe I will speak to you and continue to speak to you through dreams or through visions. But I will be with you because you're not on your own. I don't leave you as orphans, said Jesus. I will be with you. And that's the power of the resurrected Christ being with us. We're not talking about a theoretical God. We're talking about the living God. And he says, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And so there's nothing but hope for Jonathan, is there? There's nothing but excitement. But it was the same for you when you were baptized. And does it still click with you? Think about it. 
I've admitted that I get it wrong at times, more often than I would like to admit. And I have to come back and remember this is a living God. And we are welcomed. And we are pardoned. And he says, all of me is all for you. Call upon me. And I will answer you. And I'll show you great and mighty things, even things you haven't known. Because the greatness of God is beyond understanding. He's awesome. Amen.